You are now listening to Straight Facts, only on Big Gold Belt Media, with your host, Celis. What's going on, good folks? We are back live again. Your boy, Silly Sellers here, and I got my buddy, my boy, Jamal the Giant Crab. Jamal, how you doing today, man? Uh, hot, man. It's hot as all hell outside. It, it is. And in my home, once it goes into the energy savings, could I try to have a little smart device? So now it's going to be no air conditioning for the next part two hours while it's still trying to save money. So we'll, we'll see how we'll see how I'll be. Hopefully I don't melt by the time we end this show today. I hope you got Gatorade because you're going to need to replace them electrolytes. Yeah, something's going to happen. And and as I say that, my water's not here. The washing machine's going downstairs. I'll figure it out. I will be fine. Yeah. I just am not prepared right now. Um, but there are a lot of things in the world of sports to talk about, some big things. And, and actually, we got some breaking news. Literally breaking news. To share. And, of course, this is a sports show. And we do have a wrestling show in our other life. But when you talk about sports and wrestling or sports entertainment, there's things that align back and forth that we had some breaking news. So as of about maybe about 45 minutes ago, it came out on the Twitter that Vince McMahon has announced his retirement um, at the age of 77. And Vince McMahon, if I can pull it up here really quickly, he made his announcement said at the age of 77, it's time to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe, then now forever together and hashtag WWE and thankful. So when you think about retirements, you know, you have a whole bunch of retirements in all the sports. It could be emotional. It could be a send-off and things of that nature. And Vince uses on Twitter to announce his retirement. What's your thoughts about how Vince retiring affects wrestling, how that affects sports in general? What do you think about that landscape? Um, so, I mean, not to use the, the cliche, but Vince is actually a master of controlling the narrative. Mm -hmm. um, it will be an interesting SmackDown tonight um, to see if that any of that plays into what it is. Um, if you are not, a, if you are a fan of WWE and you don't really consume any other, uh, bit of wrestling than the WWE, whether it's wrestling news or a podcast or anything like that, then in that bubble, it's kind of like, this is sudden and it doesn't make sense. And also this is probably the most un-McMahon like thing I've mm -hmm. ever seen him do. Mm -hmm. Uh, where's the pomp? Where's the circumstance? Where's the... Uh, where's the fireworks? Where's the pyro? I mean, this guy created the Thunderdome. This guy, um, you know, created WrestleMania. He changed pay-per-view. He's done all of these things. And for him to just announce a fleeting message on Twitter is the definition of anticlimactic. So it really will be interesting to see what happens with SmackDown tonight. It really will be interesting to see what retirement means. You know, yeah, maybe he's stepping down. Well, what happens to his shares? What happens to, uh, you know, his stocks in the company? Um, you know, who gets control of that? Uh, you know, who's going to be a CEO? Uh, will Stephanie continue in that position? Uh, you know, will we see when does that go into effect? Yeah, he's retiring. But when is he leaving? Today or six months from now? Is there a transition period? Um, these are the questions that I don't really see answers to yet. I only see the thing of, oh my God, Vince is gone. And I guess, you know, allegations and whatever, whatever, whatever. But with anything, there, there is a, a process to this. And if this is step one of the process, how long does this process last? So really, and that's, a, stuff. 
That's a good question, Mo, because when you think about this, and once again, we will say the allegations and all that, that deep debrief when we on our, you know, Big Go Belt podcast every single Thursday, check us out here, you know, uh, live on Twitter and all your platforms for Big Go Belt. But when you think about this in the world of sports, you can think about it in two ways. So Vince has been with WWE and is well known with wrestling for a long time. But as I think about this, and I don't mean to say this in a negative light, to me, this kind of feels like a Joe Paterno type retirement of what he did for Penn State. Or am I wrong by this? Do you see this as somebody as a legacy? Um, when you think about people that's been with one franchise for a long time, the Kobe Bryants, the Reggie Millers, um, the well, I can't say Emmett Smith, but let's say the Jim Kelly, you know, people that's been with one organization for a long time. Does Vince McMahon align with that or is it kind of aligned with going in a negative way, but without deepening all the, the allegations part? Okay, so the short answer to that, as far as his his legacy goes. Mm-hmm. Vince isn't Cal Ripken or he isn't Emmett Smith. He isn't right. Jerry Rice or Steve Young. He isn't, um, you know, Gretzky or he isn't uh, Sidney Crosby because they're just players. Yep. He built the stuff. And that's that's a that's the difference. So if you could somehow take Roger Godell, uh, you know, Alex Ovechkin and you know, Patrick Ewan and put them in a blender, that would still only be half of what Vince McMahon, his legacy has, has done for North American wrestling, uh, because we are still talking about the thing, and he's still inventing. I mean, you know, the, the Thunderdome during the pandemic, yep. um, you know, that being the thing. The, the long and short of it is, is that his legacy kind of, it, it kind of suggests more than just a simple, oh yeah, I'm gone. Like what? No, I mean that's 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 one thing, and then of course there are the allegations and, and all this other stuff too. Again, no charges have been filed, nothing uh, has been officially found out. But the long and short of it is, is that uh, as I said before, there's still that period, that transition period, and what that looks like. Uh, um, and and yes, it, it would be it would be remiss of me to not mention the reason why this sudden, very this cliff. It wasn't even a slippery slope. He yeah. went Wiley Coyote off the cliff, looked down, and then fell a mile to the floor. And that is what it is. Uh, you know, yes, it is, you know, if, if these allegations are true, then you know, he can be in that same condo in hell with Chris Benoit. But the bottom line is, is that for at the surface, as of right now, what really does this mean? And that's kind of where I am with it. Indeed. And just think about it, a short three or four months ago at, at WrestleMania. You know, he, he was one of the main highlights where ESPN was giving coverage with him and Pat McAfee being two. Well, Matt, Pat McAfee being a more of a sports star during that time, um, highlighting or being the brand of the show. So when you think about it like that, it's like, what do you see for for Vince McMahon in the future? Because you thought he was going to build on that for what he and what he was doing for ESPN, for Peacock and things of that nature. But once again, it's just going to be very interesting to see uh, what takes place in the future for that. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, one of the things we talked about on the Big Old Belt Wrestling podcast last night was uh, was the ratings and mm-hmm. uh, SmackDown, and in particular their um, their contract with Fox is up in twenty twenty four at some point. Yeah. I think it's early twenty twenty four, but definitely that year. Is SmackDown worth a billion dollars? That's what Fox paid for in twenty nineteen, and that's that's got to be the measuring stick for what they would pay for next time. Yeah. Now that Vince is gone. Do they have what does that look like for SmackDown specifically 
because you know, I think NBC and WWE have a more you know homogenous relationship mm-hmm. in that you know that's a thing that's that's a bond that's a little bit tougher to break. Fox doesn't have to care. So do you and I don't want to say save SmackDown, but how do you uh you know reappropriate the brand, all of the brands? Uh Triple H earlier today was announced as uh a, he was he got Johnny Ace's old job, talent relations. Yep. Um, yep. you know, global head of talent relations or something like that. Uh, and now that Vince is gone, and the word, of course, is that Stephanie and Nick Khan will share duties as CEO. Um, well, how does that appeal to the rest of the board? Yeah. Um, obviously, I have more questions than answers. But as far as uh, Vince leaving, you know, this is, yeah, maybe a Joe Paterno type of a thing. But even still, that's just Penn State. This this would be this would be akin to you know. A government official. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, this is this is you know you know what this is. This is Richard Nixon. Mm. That's how big this is for wrestling. Mm-hmm. This is Richard Nixon leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in spite of Watergate. Yep. That that that's that's the moment that we are in. And I wasn't alive then, but the history suggests that you know it, it that's a big damn deal. This is what that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even speaking of what you said uh, earlier, too, when you think about a billion dollars that SmackDown is paying for this sports entertainment show, TV deals deals are huge across, you know, football and and, and basketball. And even I mentioned um, last week when you talk about, you know, who's going to take over the rights for the NFL Sunday ticket. You know, this is a competitive market where people are putting in their money to produce a product of sport. And when you think about where wrestling is, where does this lie? And you have somebody like this right. man is huge on this. Do you want to continue with that investment or is the product going to go down? Because somebody who has been there for generations and generations, probably two generations of a father sonhood for some people of where it is now. Um, and, and shifting to that, as, as we kind of shift to our next topic, what was on Fox recently is our, our all-star game for baseball. And as we wanted to shift from majority of this uh, show about baseball, but we had to tie this man on his retirement Baseball had that all star game. You can't overlook that. No, you cannot. You cannot yeah. at all. Um, and, and and once again, broke here within the hour. So, you know, check us out that if we got live stuff on Straight Facts with Sell the Show, we'll break it live for you, especially in the world of sports and entertainment. Um, and as we look into baseball on Tuesday, their ratings was very much so down, you know, from years past. And I think if I get it right, it was about 9% that it was down from last year. But about four or five years ago, you know, baseball thought they had the best all-star game because of this competitive format of whoever won this game became the the division or the conference that had the World Series uh, home field advantage. And and I guess it worked for a little bit. But now that it's going down to the wayside and not the wayside a little bit, but it's lost some some viewership. What is your feeling by you being a huge baseball fan? What is your feeling of the all-star game format? Does it need shifting again or how do you think it is? Uh, so I'm looking at the ratings right now for Tuesday, and the uh-huh. All-Star game uh, was first in total viewership, first in, in adults. Uh, it basically won the night. So that's kind of what it's going to be. And and, yep. and if you're selling something, you're going to sell the best of it. With that said, uh, 7.5 million people watched the All-Star game. That's persons two and, and older. Um, a majority of men watched and uh, mostly adults watched. However, America's Got Talent on NBC at the same time, had 6.1 million people watching. Ooh, that's close. So if you are the All-Star Game, a once-a-year event, yep. uh, you know, that is something that should have blown away 
the competition <clears throat> as far as its notoriety, as far as its you know meaning in sports culture in North America. And I'm not saying that it barely beat out because again, 1.4 ish million people is a hell of a number um, over, but they beat out the Nick Cannon talent show. Yeah. That's that that should be a red flag for um, for for Major League Baseball. Uh, with that said, as far as the your question was about the um, the game itself, and, and to be honest with you, I haven't watched the All Star Game since that year. They were in Milwaukee and they ended in a tie and then they canceled the rest of the game because yep. I want to say that was 2012, 2011, something like that. I think that was um, Ryan Braun's MVP year, was it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So that 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 just kind of is kind of a joke. I do wish there were other events during All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, the home run derby is the centerpiece of All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Um, and yes, they do have a celebrity game. Yes, they do have a, a rookie game. But honestly, since we are in the StatCast era, I would like to see certain you know, skills competitions like the NBA has. Mm-hmm. Who can throw the curviest curveball? Who can throw you know a, a, a knuckleball with the most spins? Who can throw the slowest pitch? Interesting point. Um, you know, like just something that gives a little bit more. And also, it then invites more players uh, to come out for festivities that they may not have a chance to play um, in any other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, it just gives more people something to do. Um, I would like to see the minor league all-star games uh, coincide with the major league all-star games. Put it all in the same city. Yep. You know, if they're going to do Los Angeles for the um, you know uh, major league all-star game, why not have the triple A all-star game in Anaheim? Mm-hmm. Have the double A all-star game in Rancho Cucamonga. Have the single A all-star game, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And 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 in most areas, you can get away with that. Uh, there aren't too many teams in locations where there's nothing else nearby. Um, even in this area, all-star games in National Park, triple-A games in Baltimore, double-A games in Bowie, uh, single-A games in Fredericksburg. You can yep. do it. Yep. You absolutely could do it in most of the country. Um, I do th- – and there's some great, crazy dimensions in minor league baseball, um, which I really think deserves a little bit more of a spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're talking about the all-star game. And I, well, why are you bringing up minor league baseball? Well, the MLB bought it. Yeah, you know, they restructured it in 2021, yep. Yep. and they streamlined all the teams, and now they're officially a part of the organization and not just affiliated. Well, why why are we not mentioning these 120 teams that are around the country? So, more to the point about the All Star Game itself, uh, I don't watch it, <clears throat> and I mm-hmm. largely don't watch it because it doesn't mean anything. My favorite player is probably only going to pay two innings, which may maybe he gets one at bat. If that, it's not competitive because they have to shoehorn everybody in. Yeah. And and the and and maybe they should just adjust the rosters. You know, maybe not have seven middle relievers. And they got to represent one from each team. You know, and, and yeah, and so that that's also a thing too. And um and all the coaches and stuff like that, you know, are there. And, uh, it, it is it is um, a thing. Uh, I wish the all-star game isn't going to go anywhere. I just Mm -hmm. think they need to modernize it and have it just be a little bit better. Whatever the balls they're using for the home run derby, use them in a real game. Right. Right. Let me add. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm about to say, and I'm going to add to a point too, that you said earlier, I want to follow back on 
Now, the All-Star game was in Los Angeles this year. Yes. They're going to say switch locations, but Los Angeles during the time Seattle of the All-Star it, it's Seattle next year. So, again, on the West Coast. But you're yes. talking about a 5 p.m. Pacific start time compared to 8 on the East Coast. And I know if you live in the Los Angeles area, that's still in the middle of rush hour traffic where you may not even be home to even watch the show. Do you think being on the West Coast and starting that early on the West Coast time, nah. does that hurt it or? No, they're used to it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I, I look, I'm not from the West Coast, uh, mm-hmm. I, but I, I've, I've been out there a few times you know, for sporting events. And that it just is what it is. Um, if you're from Chicago, seven o'clock is prime time. That's yeah. just when stuff comes on. Yeah. The news comes on at nine o'clock. That sounds weird to me because I'm not from there. That's not a part yeah, of my culture. Yeah. So it just is what it is. Um, a 10 a.m. game on a Sunday, if you like an East Coast team. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. Um so it is what it is. And I think that everybody needs to be represented as well because, you know, Seattle shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be, shouldn't get, not get a game because, or San Diego or, or San Francisco or Denver, they should, or Phoenix shouldn't get an all-star game because they're in a stupid time zone. Gotcha. Um, and, and I think that's not, that's not particularly fair. I was in Hawaii um, in April and it was, you know, games came on at like four in the morning. It was just dumb. It, it was, you know, it was the worst on a Sunday. Because games came on at eight in the morning. But as far as the All-Star game itself, it's just the longest week of the year. Um, there's nothing on uh, on Monday when the home run derby is. The All-Star game is a thing. And if you care, you care. If you don't, there's nothing else on. And Wednesday is the break. There literally is nothing else on <laughs> in sports. Um, and then Thursday, some it starts back up again. And Friday is the big weekend. So I, I, just, I just want them to... Make it a little bit better. Um, you know, put zones. You know, actually, you know what? Make it rock and jock baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you hit the ball over four hundred feet, you get double the runs. If you or if you hit the ball over four twenty five, you get triple the runs. If you make the third deck in, um, you know, well, they don't have decks in Los Angeles. It's just a single level. But if you hit it onto the concourse in Los Angeles, plus five runs. The All Star Game is forty eight forty six. I I don't. I mean, it's the All Star Game. Who cares? So just make it something ridiculous. Give me a reason to watch. I, I agree. I, yeah. And you think about sometimes when the, the NBA does it, you know, granted they're a little bit creative with the, the Elam rule that they brought in, but even incorporate some arcade rules like the three-on-three uh, three basketball, the big three does. Maybe you have, like you said, that four-point play that they have in, in that yeah. league. Let's make it an arcade style to make it fun and engaging for them. Like their kids again. Same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing with the NBA. I would love to see the Curry line come in where it's a four-point line yep. uh, 30 feet out um, or a five-point spot like Rock and Jock uh, basketball used to have. Yep. Or yep. last 10 minutes, they bring down a second hoop that's 15 feet high that's worth double the points. Um, you know, just, just make it goofy and fun. Um, you know, is it supposed to be this super sterile, you know, classic game? No, that's what the regular game is. That's what exactly. baseball is. Exactly. But what does the wackiest version of that look like? And, I don't and know. Would, you, would you take away the home field advantage as the, the winning for the, the AL versus the NL? Do you think that Absolutely. needs to go away? That, yeah, that shouldn't be a thing. If you earn yourself during the regular season to get that home field advantage, and you deserve that. You shouldn't have to work your tail yeah, off I mean, this season just to lose by right. all-star game rule. And the, and, the, and the American League has won like nine years in a row. Yes, yes. So, it just doesn't make sense that, that you're you know hedging your bets and and you can have a you know a hundred and ten win team in the National League, but because it didn't lose win the All Star game, they don't get home field advantage. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. 
Now, we get ready to shift to topic three. Uh, I got a couple more topics to go. Oh, they didn't flow the way I wanted to. Let's go to a little bit better on that one. All right. Now scrolling. All right, first half highlights. So a couple of first half highlights right now as I just look at my notes here. Uh, right now, your division leaders, the Yankees by 12 games over the Rays in the AL East, Twins by two over my Guardians in the AL Central. And in the West, it's a 10-game lead with the Astros over the Mariners, but the Mariners have won 14 straight, and they have a little nice dance that they're doing. So are they going to close that gap even more as the season goes on? Um, as we look at the NL, the NL East year Mets are two and a half up over the Braves and six and four in their last 10 games. Um, the Brewers are only a half a game up on the Cardinals right now, but the Brewers have lost three straight and uh, only won three out of their last 10. And the Dodgers are a 10 game lead over the second the second place Padres. Now, between everybody can say the the, the Yankees and the the Dodgers are probably the World Series predictors. But what are your couple of first half highlights? What did you see that was very well in baseball? What is the thing that's something that surprised you so far? Uh, what surprised me as a Mets fan is that we didn't absolutely tank July. Uh, <laughs> we were sitting at 58 wins, uh, 58 and 35, yeah, yeah. which is absolutely unprecedented. Second best in the National League, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dodgers, yeah, the Dodgers have 61 wins. Um, but for the Mets to um, outscore their runs allowed by 83 is insane. Uh, with that number, the point differential for Los Angeles is plus 172. Mm-hmm. So they are scoring runs at an incredible clip yeah. um, and giving up a below average number of runs uh, you know, themselves, which is why they're, they're 31 games over 500. Um, they're on a five-game winning streak, the Dodgers, and they're 9-1 in their last 10. That is absolutely, uh, you know, blistering pace. Yeah. And as good as that is, unfortunately, the Yankees are doing better in the American League. Now, granted, they are showing signs of weakness. They just got uh, swept in a doubleheader yep. uh, yesterday versus Houston. Thank God. Um, three and seven in their last ten. Uh, but you know, it's a long season, and I obviously you can't, you know, put anything past anybody. Uh, you, there are no guarantees. However, the Yankees do come to Baltimore for three games. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so we're not must win in must win territory yet. Um, I think Seattle's had a hell of a run. They're on a 14 game winning streak, uh, which is the uh, longest of the majors in a very long time. Um, Minnesota leading the Central is actually pretty surprising. But then again, when you really it's think the worst, about it, it's the worst division in baseball. It is. And I'm a Guardians fan. Uh, well, you know what? I actually disagree with you. Really? Um, I, I, I don't think the AL Central is the worst division in baseball. Uh, I, I think that might have to go to the NL West. Uh, mm-hmm. It really is the Dodgers and the Giants. Oh, Dodgers and Giants. I say Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm liking the Padres as a sneaky wild card pick, and we'll talk about predictions. Yeah, yeah no, no. Well, everybody liked the Padres last year. Yeah. Until they, they absolutely imploded. Right. Um, right. So it's, it's, it's Dodgers, Giants, and then everyone else. Colorado has never been close um, since like the Larry Walker days. Arizona yeah. hasn't been close in 20 years. And San Diego, you know, God bless them. They're the closest to even threaten. But the long and short of it is this is the Dodgers division by far, hands down. Um, and and if, San, and if San Francisco isn't going to come close, then, you know, it's not even it's not even fair at that point. Uh, with that said, though, um, in, in the first half, I think the biggest uh, the biggest surprise, you know, is, is a lot of the younger talent, you know, Julio Rodriguez out there yes. in, um, in, in Seattle um, doing a hell of a thing. Um, this kid in Pittsburgh, um, O'Neal Cruz, 
Uh, six seven, and I believe he's a shortstop. Shortstop or second baseman, but he has a cannon for an arm, throwing it across the diamond, and you know, and he and he hits for power. You know, that's just just impressive. Um, the kid in Pittsburgh, uh, Hunter Green. Um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, his ERA is kind of high. I mean, I'm sorry, not Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Yeah, his ERA is kind of high. Uh, yes, he is a rookie, and he can't consistently throw a hundred with accuracy, but. You know, I'm not expecting him to be the next to Chapman, but I think the biggest surprise is maybe how bright the future looks for, uh, you know, for the younger talent in, in the league. And, um, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's it's a good thing. Also, another big surprise, and this, is, this hit me the first time I went there, Baltimore. Please, please, Angelos, please fix left field. <laughs> fix it. No, put it back. Put it back. You spent the money to tear up the field, to push back the left field wall, instead of spending money on right-handed pitching that won't give them dingers to left field. (laughs) Why? Why? And then you couldn't really do it because of the bullpen situation, so now you just have this physical cutout. and Stop. Just put it back. Come on. But even like, with that, once again, they're still in wild card contention too. If they can get consistent, they won three in a row. But still, you know, Baltimore is is, is pushing five hundred. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're in the best division in baseball. They are. I mean, they got the Rays. It, it might be the Rays and the Sox that get the two wild card positions within right. their same division. They may send three teams to the to the playoffs. I mean, that's that's insane. So Baltimore, you know, they they are a hell of a lot better than they started. But yeah. the bottom line is, is um, they're they're nowhere close to making the playoffs unless they have a monumental collapse uh, of the rest of the division. And I just don't see the Yankees uh, doing that. I think the Rays are fighting hard. I think Toronto is actually putting on, um, you know, an interesting move after firing their uh, manager Montoyo. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it'd be interesting to see how that affects the team going forward as they start off the second half. And the Sox will always be the Sox. So where does that leave Baltimore? With with a bum left field. And at the bottom of the division. Come on, fix it. Just just fix it. Now talk about your, your Mets for a second. Now I, I I've been I was rooting hard for your Mets because I got a couple on my, my fantasy squad. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Sterling Marte. I wish he could be consistent in his health because I know sometimes, you know, he's been on again off again when he's on, he's on. But I'm mm-hmm. a little bit disappointed with Francisco Lindor. Uh, what's your thoughts with him so far? Or you think he's being okay right now? I think his batting average is a little bit lower than what I would expect. But have 16 home runs right now. But what do you think about him be getting that big contract? Now was his second, third year now with that big contract. Um, yeah. What do you think uh, he stands? Yeah. So obviously this isn't the Francisco Lindor that everybody saw in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, and they thought they were going to bring Baez in uh, to come through and, and revitalize yeah. the infield. Um, but one thing the Mets have been doing, and and that's is their middle of the lineup has been generally solid. Mm-hmm. However. Pitching has usually failed them. And, and you know, this is finally uh, Edwin Diaz. Uh, the closer situation seems to be buttoned up really nicely uh, with Diaz taking the bulk of the work. Um, yes, I'm not a super huge fan of guys like Seth Lugo and Drew Smith. Um, I really wish the front of the rotation, like Taiwan Walker, were um, a little bit more consistent. But, you know, it is a long season. With that said, when it does count, as much as I hate to admit it, because I hate Edwin Diaz, it's – He's actually been able to come through and, and do the thing that he's being paid to do. Now, you asked about Francisco Lindor. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's unfortunate that he hasn't really, you know, given us $240 million worth of of, of play. Um, but that that is, you know, kind of what it is. Um, you're moving from, you know, you, as you put it, as an Indians uh, Guardians fan, uh, the worst division in baseball to mm-hmm. one of the more competitive ones. Um, and that's the same thing with guys like Mark Hanna. Uh, he came over from Oakland. Well, eh, Oakland, no. you know, AOS isn't, isn't very good. Um, sure. yep, you know, yep, yep. And then you do that, and now you're facing the Braves, you know, 16 times a year. Now you're facing, well, the Nationals before they imploded. Um, yeah, so you you went from like some a meh team to you know struggle, and and, and you know he's been another one that's that struggled as well. So uh, pretty solid. Um, Buck, you know, and Buck has really been the difference. You know, Buck Walter has really been the difference um, as a manager um, because he's he's taking guys uh, like Eduardo Escobar, Guillaume, uh, and Jeff McNeil, uh, who and and you put them in the right positions to do yeah. well. Um, you know, Marte has been off and on with injuries, and you can't really help that. Um, you know, but Pete Alonso has been consistent. Uh, you know, and, and and that just is what it is. It's just been the sum of their parts. Um, nobody has really come through and absolutely killed it, but they it, it's definitely been the sum of their parts, and it's translated into wins. And I'll say this: just a shout out to Buck. Wherever he goes, he wins. And I still think he's undervalued of what he's done as a manager in this industry or in this in this league. Because mm-hmm. um, wherever he goes, he wins. Um, now, he doesn't win World Series all the time, but he puts his team in contention for being in the playoffs or being at that step to do so. Right. Um, and, and I, I got to give him credit. So when you talk about, and as we move to our, our, our last topic of the day, you know, second half, oh, here we go again. My, my, my cursor doesn't want to act right. Let me scroll across the bottom so we get good. As we go through our second half predictions, I'm not betting against Buck Showalter because if you get those Mets in the playoffs, and you talk about a five or seven game series, I'll take my chances with that team and Buck Showalter. But other things to watch out for is, as you mentioned about Francisco Lindor's contract, Bryce Harper really hasn't lived up to that contract. And then you got somebody else in, in Soto, Soto who wants to get traded now because he may not get the contract he wants. Is it going to be worth the value? Where do you see Soto going? Who are your second half predictions of getting into that wild card? Who do you think is going to end up in that World Series? Talk about some second half predictions in your, in your opinion. Well, so um, as far as the bets go in general, I think, you know, obviously keeping it up, uh, we have all of August and all of September to get through. Um, and there Not are a couple baseball. of key games. You know, there's a ma- looking baseball. at the schedule right now. Uh, there is a major five game series with the Braves um, as we have a double header on August 6th. Um, you know, we'll need to you know, go ahead and handle that. We, get, we do go to and face the NL uh, West. Yeah. Um, you know, Colorado and uh, the Dodgers are coming to Queens. So I'm not. It's not a matter of whether or not the schedule is easy or not, because you know anybody can get it on any given day. It's just you know keeping it up, keeping consistent, and and, mo- and more importantly, beating the Braves. Um, that's a thing that has to happen. Uh, big series coming up in about two weeks. Um, have to keep the foot on the gas um, and beating the Braves. We played them nine times in August. So got to got to wrap that up nicely. Same thing with the Phillies. Uh, really can't just let anybody catch up. Um, as far as the rest of the season goes, obviously Soto is the big deal. Um, trade deadline is July 31st. Yep. Or yep. did they move it, it back? Okay. That's so, July 31st. Um, yeah. So uh, trade deadline is coming up in about 10 days-ish. Uh, what does Soto do? Um, he's turned down, you know, 10, 15-year uh, deals. Uh, mm-hmm. The Soto thing is a little bit more interesting than that because it's not just as cut and dry as, well, 
they want to give you half a billion dollars. Well, no, they only want to give him $440 million. And I think if you are his agent, Scott Boris, you want to be the guy that brokers the half billion dollar deal for your client. Not just because of the commission, just because it's a huge flex. Uh, that's number one. Number mm -hmm. two, Soto in his young career, I think he's only been there five years in Washington is only 23. Only 23. Only 23 and has a World has, Series has ring. A, has a ring. No, he doesn't have an MVP, but he does have a ring. Mm -hmm. And he's the face of the franchise mm -hmm. at 23. Now the question is. The Nationals are changing ownership. Whenever the learners decide to sell, they are going to change ownership sooner than later. So if you are Soto, do can you guarantee that they're going to build the team around you? Because though he's at the top of the lineup, usually bat in second or third, if they don't have a guy behind him that is just as a prolific as hit, of a hitter, um, Soto's going to get walked. It's going to be Barry Bonds all over again. Mm -hmm. um, Nelson Cruz ain't it. He's 75 years old. And Josh Bell is a great player on a bad like team. Like Josh Bell. Like Josh Bell. Like mm -hmm. him in Pittsburgh. Um, but Josh Bell isn't going to give you 40 home runs either and 100 RBIs. No. So the idea is if Soto stays, which he can, um, you know, they need to backfill that lineup uh, in that, you know, three, four, five slot to take some pressure off him so that people will actually pitch to him. I say he should lead off, but that's a different story. Um, as far as the rest of, uh, you know, baseball as a whole, how does the season end? How does it, you know, make up? Uh, the real question is, who falls first? Mm. You know, we're seeing a lot of teams come through that are, you know, you, you were saying they're 10 games back, they're 15 yep. games back, they're eight games back. Okay, cool. Who falls first? Now, the Yankees are outpacing everybody. The Dodgers yeah. are outpacing everybody. The Mets are um, you know, second best team in the National League. Um, but the Mets have to play Atlanta five times in New York, four times in, in uh, where are they? Cumberland, because they're not in Atlanta anymore. Um, Mets have to play the Yankees twice at Yankee Stadium, um, host the Dodgers, host the Rockies. You know, wins, we got to play Pittsburgh twice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so wins that could be wins um, on, on a given day may not be so easily. And then, of course, in September, we end the season uh, last week of September with three games at Atlanta and then home versus Washington at the end of the year. And that's just the Mets. You know, the, the Rays have a similar you know, schedule where they're going to have to, um, you know, keep it going and, and keep it pacing. The Yankees, you know, maybe they still take the division anyway, but, you know, you don't want to limp into the playoffs. Um, you know, I don't care how big your gun is if you don't have any bullets left. Exactly. So, and, and that's the thing with um, – with him now, they did stumble out of the out of the blocks. Is this a sign of things to come, uh, or is this just you know something that they can brush off because they're so far ahead? Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how far uh, you know teams fall and who gets this thing because this happened last year with San Diego. And if you're a Padres fan, you're going well. You've seen this still, story. There's still September, <laughs> right? And, and just because you're ten games back right now in late July. That can disappear just like that. People right. can go on a run just like that. Like you said, that's what's the great thing about baseball. Everything's in series. You ever have a two, three, four, and sometimes five game sets where if you go on a sweep of five games here or three games here, you just caught up on eight games and somebody's going to have to lose. There's no ties in baseball. Somebody's right. going to have to lose. Um, right. So it's going to be very interesting. It, I'm going to put my money on the Padres, though, and, and I'm going to say for me, the AL, I'm excuse me, the NL is going to come down to for the NLCS. 
I'm going to go with your Mets and the Padres and the NLCS because I think whoever's that wild card spot, and I think if the Padres sneak in there, they may be a dangerous team. On the AL side, I just don't see anybody beating the Yankees. Um, I think it's going to end up being the Yankees in the Rays, and I think the Yankees will do it. Um, but when we see a battle of two, was it 2001 when the, the, Yankees, the Yankees and the Mets played in the World Series? Um, was that 2001? Uh, that was 2001. I hope not because ticket prices are going to be astronomical. Yeah, well, that's uh, true. I'm trying to go. Yeah. So, so no, please play. You know, let it be the Mets in Kansas City again uh, because those prices were a little bit more reasonable. But as far as um, I, I'm not going to say like who's definitely going to win because I think that's mm-hmm. the easy pick. I do think that there are some sleepers. Um, you know, you know, Houston's uh, Houston's a lot better than their record. You know, indicates they, they still have 60 wins. So they're three or so games back of the Yankees for the best record in the uh, American League. Um, So could Houston come in there? Uh, You know, you say that, well, the Yankees are so far ahead. Well, no, Houston's right behind them as far as being the best goes. Um, That's true. And and also, I I do think that teams can streak at the right time. And Tampa's one of those teams that you got to keep your eye on. Um, You know, they have, you know, a pretty solid core. Um, you know, pretty, you know, solid front pitching and, you know, on, on the um, in their rotation. So I wouldn't count Tampa out, even though currently there are 10 games over 500 and 12 games back of the Yankees. They were just in the World Series. The folks. They were. Yeah. They were just in the World Series. And they were there for a reason. Bar. Yeah. Um, now, as soon as they get out of that dusty ass stadium, then that will you'll probably, uh, you know, drive up more interest in, in the Tampa Bay area. But uh, that's a different story. Um, I also think that, yes, the Mets are looking good, but Atlanta's right on our heels. Um, that is a thing. But Philly is quietly hanging around. And uh, I'm actually going to be in Philly tomorrow and Sunday for games because I really want to see them in person mm-hmm. to see you know what's really going on there. Uh, St. Louis is another team that can just sneak in there and take the, the uh, division. Uh, Milwaukee, uh, I don't know if they have the firepower to keep it going. Uh, I don't know if they have enough steam in the engine. It's close. It's close. Uh, so. If I if I say you know who uh, for the championship series, uh, I'm going to go with the Mets because biased. Um, but I, I I think it very well could be Mets Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I think that very well could be the case. Um, I think that's the safe bet. Uh, I think of the American League. You know I'm going to go out there on the limb. I'm really going to go out there on the limb. I'm going to say Tampa Houston. Mm, I'm going to say Tampa Houston. I'm not convinced that there are some surefire runaways in the American League. That that is that is interesting. Now, what do you think about Dusty Baker? Will he ever get himself a ring as a manager? Uh, no. Mm. I mean, and it's not because he doesn't deserve one, for lack of a better word. But I think it's largely because. Um, if not now, then when? I mean, he's if he's, he's not over chances. seventy, he's he's right. very close. Um, he's, he's actually retired. 73, 73. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's you know he's definitely up there in age. Um, his window is closed, and he's already retired once. So um, if if not now, then when? And yeah. and that was the question uh, in twenty nineteen versus the Nationals. Yeah. Um, th- will this be Dusty Baker's year? Nope. Uh, if you know, and if and if it's not this year, then I don't. I don't know what Houston does because they have all of the tools. They they have all of the tools to to be in that conversation. And they are obviously they are in that conversation. Um, they are strangling the a a pretty weak division. Um, 
should, you know, not necessarily coast to the playoffs, but they're expected to be in the championship series. I don't know what, what else Dusty can do. I don't know who that extra piece is that they need to get that gets them over the hump. Legitimately cheating bastards. But, uh, you know, but still, I don't know who, I don't know what they're missing other than just flat out beating a very good opposite team, the Yankees, um, you know, Tampa. Um, realistically, not a Minnesota, but, you know, who knows? And who knows what the wild card situation is, too? Didn't they, didn't they up the wild card this year where it's like three teams? Oh, good question. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. I thought that was I thought that was a thing, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah, yeah, it's three, it's three teams. Three so, teams. Yeah, each division, and then there are three wild card teams. So each division faces off against the wild card team, which is yep, yep. Oh. You're right. You're okay. Right. So right now, uh, if the wild card started today, my guardians will be two and a half back. We'll see if we make one of those three teams. Um, and on right now, it'll be Tampa, Seattle, and Toronto as the three, and then the NL. It'll be Atlanta, San Diego, and as you mentioned, Philly and St. Louis will be in a tie right now. But Philly, but, but this, is, this is this is the thing, and, and this is why I don't like you know I don't like when they they did this for the wild card. Number one, it doesn't give anybody, and it doesn't give the division, uh, the league leader, um, any incentive to be first because, well, if 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 it were the case now, the Yankees would play Toronto. Mm-hmm. Well. Okay, well, that's not you know necessarily um, something they should have to do. Yep. They they've won a hundred games. You know, let them let them take have the first round off. Um, as far as also, also, Baltimore is not a playoff team. So the fact that they're three and a half games out of the of the wild card, um, Baltimore, Chicago, are not playoff teams. They're not there. Mm-mm. So the fact that they're that close when they're not really there. You know, it just kind of dilutes the product. Um, and that's you know, that is that is what it is. But Miami's six games back in the wild card. Stop it. Stop it. Hey, they got a couple of World Series in their boat within the last what 20 years. Sure. So. I mean, if I had enough money, I'd buy a World Series too. <laughs> and then they sell them at Costco. again. Yeah. Yes, literally. You buy a World Series, sell everybody off two times. You've done that, Miami. Right. Do you want to get Soto? Might as well get Soto. Go ahead and buy yourself one right now. Honestly, kind of want the Mets to get Soto. But, mm. I mean, we, we kind of need that space in right field. Um, and also, if we pick up the rest of his contract, which I believe is only two or so years left. He does have two more years left. Um, yeah, so that would be a good you know opportunity to kind of revamp the outfield at the same time. You know, we don't have – and that's another thing, too. Uh, if you are the Nationals and you are the new ownership – do you want this half billion dollar albatross on your roster or not? Because if you if you sign Soto, then everybody else has got to go. No. Strasburg, Strasburg isn't long for I mean, if he hasn't retired already, he's done. Um, so I don't know how they're going to continue to pay him. But anybody of interest, who do you bring? How, how do you bring anybody in? Can't. Can't. Right. And your minor, and I, I'm not sure how deep your minor league system is right now to even build up what you can. It, it's it's no telling. You got to wait three, four years for those prospects to even you know be ready. So it's it's, it's no telling. It's no telling. You might see yeah. back in the expo days, you know how they were for a long time before they start getting some of the right hits with Bryce Harper. Then they got Strasburg, you know, and look how long that took for even when they got to DC from Montreal. Still took some time. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, because well. 
I mean, to be fair, when they got here from Montreal, they didn't have Andre Dawson. They didn't have Guerrero. They didn't have, you know, uh, Randy Johnson. You yeah. Know, so it wasn't like it was the dynamic expo teams of the early 90s. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, it, it does take some something to develop. But it really just comes down to the ownership. What will this new owner do? Um, you know, is the owner going to be a fiscal conservative and run the team like the Pirates? Or are they going to spend some some dough to not just sell tickets and T-shirts, but to put a winning ball club on the field? There is already a taste for a championship as they yeah. won uh, recently. Uh, you know, and for what it's worth, the last championship here in baseball was 1933. So other than my grandmother, you know, there isn't anybody, too many people alive that remember that. And she was five. So um, the, the, the city demands a winning team. And, yep. um, you know, will they be able to produce that? And, and, and here's, here's a real question. Is Soto worth $450 billion over 15 years? I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to pay uh, Soto at 38 years old $80 million that last year. Not unless you give him a Bobby Bonilla contract. But even still, it, or, or Robinson Cano. I mean, they're still they still paid him, but right. the Bonilla deal, yeah, that one million is going to be ten. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It becomes a now happy Juan Soto day instead of yeah, happy, happy Juan Bonilla. Soto day. Every July first, he gets ten million dollars. Absolutely. But as we get ready to wrap up the show, and I know sometimes my computer, can you still see me? My computer's still messing up yeah. a little bit. Okay. So as we get ready to wrap up, there we go, because I know sometimes I'm going this little update process, my computer acting up. As we get ready to close the show, once again, our breaking news at the top of the story or top of the hour that we mentioned, uh, Vince McMahon did retire. Definitely check out WWE SmackDown tonight on Fox, because it's going to be definitely interesting to see on the sport aspect in addition to the entertainment, how that's going to relate to how wrestling is. And we talked about that early on. And we'll get a chance to drop this immediately after we finish recording so you can see it the breaking reaction news of Vince McMahon and the other things related to baseball. Um, John Crabb, Jamal, man, outstanding. He's the baseball expert, so definitely wanted to make sure we get a chance to, to talk praise, baseball. <laughs> but I got to give you your flowers, man. Got to give you your flowers. But uh, I appreciate you coming on. Any last words before we get out of here for that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's two things. Uh, number one, um, this Vince McMahon thing, in spite of what one may think about what the spirit of wrestling is, um, this is a huge deal. This is as big as um, the NBC uh, Matt Lauer deal uh, when that went down. This is as big as um, uh, what's the guy's name? Not Kevin Spacey, Matt Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein. This yeah. is this this is that big. We're talking yeah. about not just a, a key player. We're talking about the game itself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, so that's that's kind of uh, you know where we are with that and. You know, it'll be interesting to see how he spins it because that's also what wrestling is over most sports. Um, you know, as mainstream news invades the wrestling bubble to exploit whatever is is happening, um, it will be very interesting to see how exactly it goes down and and what happens to him, what happens to his legacy, um, and what happens to the product itself. People are dancing in the streets. Some people are very morose. I'm really just waiting and seeing because we've had Hall of Fame talent, yeah. uh, you know, just perpetrate heinous crimes and their legacy got sent to hell with them. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and very well said. And, and I couldn't say it any better. So we're going to be definitely listening and, and checking it out. And I know we'll have our reactions too, just to plug our 
wrestling podcast every Thursday that you see is live on these same platforms. So check it out because we'll have more time to really reflect and, and, and deep dive it on, on the wrestling aspect, even more about this one, man. And we'll see how it goes because we'll have SmackDown to talk about, Raw to talk about, even NXT to talk about if anything's changed in preparation for SummerSlam, which is one of their big marquee shows. So we'll see what yeah, happens. that's next weekend. That's next weekend. Exactly. Yeah. It's next weekend. So on behalf of your boy, Silly Sellers, uh, John Crab Jamal, thank you for joining us. Once again, you can always check me out here where we're trying to go more live now, but I'll still upload you no know, content on Sundays. But if you have breaking news like this, we definitely got to talk about it. So you guys take care and we'll see you on the next time. There's a lot going on there.